How's everybody doing? Great. And I just want to add my welcome to especially the Purdue students. Good to see you back. Love it, love it when you guys are back here. It's awesome. So we've been in the book of James. Have you guys uh, been getting anything out of the book of James? I mean, the book of James is one of those you either say amen or oh me. There's like no in between. It's just one of those books that you go, hmm, yeah, that's, that's right. That's good. So we're just going to continue in that. So we're in chapter four today. And I want to read through some of that, and we'll just get started. Sound good? James 4, verses 1 through 6 says, What causes quarrels? What causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire, and you do not have, so you murder. You covet, and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have, because you do not ask. You ask, and you do not receive, because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is of no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So we're going to look at that. I'm just going to leave that there. We're going to just put that in pause. We're going to come back to that, I promise. There's a lot in there. There's a ton in there. But what I want to do just for a second is I just want to parallel Matthew chapter 11, just kind of bump that portion of scripture up against this, and we'll just dive in to look at some things about humility. It says in Matthew 11, 28, Jesus said, Come unto me, all who are labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So what do you, I mean, what, what does he tell you to learn? He says, learn from me. And here's what he says, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. So that's, that's important. He's lowly in heart. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I know, I know that, um, I know the times we're living in. I know you, I know this people, I know this body of believers. I know our country that we're living in. I know the world that we're living in. And there's a lot of people who are under a lot of heavy loads. There's a lot of people who their yoke is not light. It's heavy. So let me just say this. If you're attached to something, anything at all in your life that is really, really, really hard, and it's been hard for a long time, I just want you to know that you shouldn't be connected to it, and the Lord doesn't want you connected to it. Because that's not how he, that's just not his MO. He says, my yoke is easy. So if you need to gauge some of the stuff that's in your life and you're like, that is just heavy and it's hard and it's been that way, you know, then you might say, well, the Lord's probably not in on that. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. So, and I, because I, I know that, I know that everywhere people are fatigued, people are tired, people are stressed, they're worn out. And, um, but I just want you to know the Lord has a different plan for us. I want to look at James 4, 6 in the Amplified. You guys know, I, I'm always going to throw in an Amplified version. You guys know that. So it says, but he gives us more and more grace, power of the Holy Spirit to meet evil tendency and all others fully. That's how it defines it there. More and more grace. That is why he says, God sets himself against the proud and the haughty, but he gives grace continually to the lowly, to those who are humble enough to receive it. Does that sound like what he said a little bit about himself a little bit ago? I'm lowly. Learn of me. And then he says, you know, and then he goes right from that to say, my yoke is easy. So there's something in this, the yoke and the easy and, and, the, and, the, and the load that we're, we're under. 
And the Lord steps in and he says, I, I, I have something I can do about that, something I have to say about that. But one of the things that he tells us right here in James 4, verse 6, there is a way to his help. There is a way to get more and more. I like the way it says it there in Amplified, more and more grace. So let me just pause. Is there anybody here feel like maybe you wouldn't mind a little bit more grace and help that you, than right now than in your life than what you have right now? Does anybody need a little bit more of that? Where are those people at? Okay, I'll preach to you. The rest of you, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to listen through the rest of the sermon. So here's the thing. I know we can all handle a little bit more. But at the same, th- at the same time, not everybody is experiencing God's grace. Not everybody is that. Because what does it say here? The proud don't experience God's grace. I mean, isn't that what it says there? God gives grace to the humble. As a matter of fact, it says they get resistive. And if you pop over to 1 Peter 5, this, it really, again, it just is another one of those that just says amen to this. It's another witness to this principle that we're looking at here. 1 Peter says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to the elders. elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. So why humility? I mean, you, you look at this and you hear God's heart. You hear him talk about this. And, and you see that. That's, that's a, when you read that, it's, sometimes it's hard. God resists the proud? I mean, that is, I mean, really, can we just think about that for a minute? That is a long, long day when God's resisting you, right? That's, that's long, which is enough. I mean, you could just pause right there and say, then quit. <laughs> if the Lord is against that, then just knock it off. There's a, we, we refer to this a lot. There's a Bob Newhart thing on a video where he's a, uh, he, he's counseling somebody and all he has to say to everybody all the time through the whole video is stop it. They come in and talk about their problems and how bad their life is. And he just says, stop it. And this is just kind of one of those times he says, I oppose the proud. Then, then stop it. I mean, you know, that's, we should just go, well, that makes sense, right? It goes on to verse six in first Peter, humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. So who's going to do this humbling? Who does this? We do that. It says, you humble yourself. And, and it's not something that God can do for you. Only you can do that. Only you can do that part of the word of God. But it says that he'll lift you up in due time. I, I mean, that sounds good too. A little bit more grace and a little in that time where God lifts us up. I think most of us are here like, yes, I'm looking for that. Today's the day for that. And what you find out here is, does God want to lift you up? Absolutely, he wants to lift you up. Does he? I mean, it sounds good. I mean, he's not opposed to you being lifted up. He's opposed to you lifting yourself up. That's the whole thing. God's not into self-exaltation, you doing it to yourself. He says, tell you what, just trust me, I'll do it. I'll lift you up in due time, which let, let's just be honest, due time is usually not the time when your flesh wants it. So he lifts you up usually in his own time, in his own way, and, and, and that you just have to go, okay. Most of you are sitting around going, it's due time. And the Lord's like, no, no, we're not, we're not quite there. Hold on a second. He'll lift you up in due time. He wants to. He loves to. He says he will. But he always does it in the right way at the right time when you can handle it and it won't take you away from him. 
And only God knows that, right? And I, I just love his beauty. I love the way he works that. He will never do something to you that will take you away from him. And so he will lift you up in due time when he knows it's right. Verse 7 goes on, cast all your care and anxiety onto him because he cares for you. So we're seeing this, humble, there's grace for the humble. He resists the proud, tells you to humble yourself, and then he shows you right here, verse 7, here's how you do it. Cast all of your care onto him because he cares for you. Cast it all on him. And, and that's, that's, that's an interesting little that's an interesting little process. You know, so you have a care. You have something you're afraid of. There's a, there's a diagnosis that's come your way. There's financial pressure on the horizon. And so he's not saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to fear. I'm, not, I'm just not going to look at that. I'm not going to talk about that. He's not saying that. He's saying, cast it over onto him. You know, it's, it's not ignoring it. Those things are there. Life is there. The enemy is there. There's, there's problems. There's difficulty. There's all the, the stuff that we go through every day because we live on a sin-soaked planet. And that's just, that's the reality where we're at. But what he says is, you know, don't, you don't just go, oh, no, no, that's not happening. You know, he just says, just cast it over onto me because I care for you. Let me take care of that. Do your best not to be the everything for your life. Give it to me. Let me come in and let me step in and be part of the answer here. That's what he's looking for. That's what he's looking for. And so he's looking for that, just, just deciding, God, you know, I, you can't just say, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. He says, no, give it to me, cast it over onto me. I care for you. Because part of getting free from all of that is just going, wow, I'm not the Savior. I'm not the one who has to fix everything. I am not the all, end all of everything that goes on in my life. I mean, that's liberating <laughs> to get to that place, right? Like, whoo, he's everything. Without his, and just knowing, without his help, I can't do it. That's, that's awesome. That's a great place to get to. Right? You know, and praise God, though, we're not without his help. Because he says, if you will humble yourself, I will give you grace, and actually more and more grace if you just keep humbling yourself. Because, you know, we have to be really careful on that, those parts of the scripture where it says, I can do all things. That's true. Through Christ, who strengthens me? So that's the way in. We always have to, you got it. You can't stop with, I can, you know, I, can, you know that's, I have a hard time with some of those, those um, commencement speeches. You can do anything. You can go anywhere. You know, the star's the limit. The sky's the limit. It's like, no, no, it's not. You can't do anything without him who strengthens you. So you, we need to get that in that part of that speech, right? It's only through his help. So that's where we just have to say, God, I humble myself under your mighty hand. I'm counting on you, Daddy. I am trusting in you. You are the great father. You are my father. And I know I can't do this by myself. And can I just say, that's not trying to be humble. That's real. I mean, think about that. That's, that's not me just trying to be, oh, this is cute. He's just trying to be humble. I can't do anything without. No, I, you can't. I mean, that's, re, that's reality. You can't do it. That's true humility because, you know, that's, and that's the way the kingdom of God works. Everything that's up is down. Everything that's down is up, right? I mean, you look at Jesus who humbled himself to the point of the cross. I mean, at the, at the right hand of God. Oh, this is nice. There we go. And leaves the glory of heaven, dies a death next to criminals on a cross. 
He did it. He humbled himself to the extent that now he's been exalted above every name that could be named. And so he went from heaven to earth, down to the cross, into the heart of the earth. That is, and and, and he, he was exalted above all principalities and powers and might and everything else. And, he's, and then now God brings him up, sits him down at the right hand of God. There's no higher. But pause for a second. The way to that place of honor was through humility. That was the gateway. The gateway was through humility. Nobody, can I just say this? We need to know this. Nobody is above the master. If the way to the heart and the right hand of God is through humility, then that's the way he's chose for us. It's, it's humility. That's the way. If our master did it, it's going to work for us. You remember Moses? Talks about Moses being the most humble man of his generation in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. It says he was more humble, more humble than any other person, but yet he was also the most used man of God in his generation. Coincidence? I don't think it's coincidence, do you? The, the, his, his, the level of humility was the level to which the Father could use him. The level of humility that Jesus took on when he became nothing. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. But the way through that was humility, and God used him. Paul arguably could be one of the most used men of his generation, right? Look at what it says here in Ephesians 3. Several verses I want to look at, verses 1, 2, and 7, and 8. It says, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Although I am less, less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. So how does Paul describe himself? Less than the least. And I get this. I know how I, in my flesh, when I read this, and even as I was studying this week, I'll read that, and, and just immediately part of that cynicism in me goes, you know, there's just so much phoniness in, in the world, and there's, I've seen it on TV, some of the people on TV, and oh, it's just enough to just, mm, you know, bring out all kinds of great things in you. There's a lot of fake humility out there. When, and people read a story like this, they don't really think that Paul meant that. But is this him talking or was this the Holy Spirit inspiring him to write this? We really have to be careful that we know that this word of God is the inspired authority. It's the word of God. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, did he really see himself this way? Yes, less than the least. He knew that he was, you know, he could do all things through Christ. Paul knew that. Even Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 30, even Jesus says this, by myself, I can do nothing. So if we're going to assign that same kind of motives to Paul, we got to assign it to Jesus. Oh, isn't that cute? You know, he's, he's the son of God. The son of God knew that he had to get every day, every day he had to get up in the quietness of the night and go and sit before the father. He knew that everything that he was, every bit of energy, every bit of strength, every bit of anointing, every bit of, of, of what he needed to do the will in the heart of the father had to come from that secret place. And then it came through humility, setting himself down before the father and saying, I need you. I need you every day, father. That's how it came. He, Jesus was a man. He was fully God, but he was fully man. He had, I, I like John chapter, and now I'm getting sideways here. John chapter two, verse 52. The first two words of that, Jesus grew. 
It wasn't just like, boom, there he is. And he just got it all. He had to learn. It says he became obedient to the cross. He had to learn those things. He had to become those way. He had to become that. And how did he do that? Through humility, by offering himself up before the father every day. Say, here I am, father. By myself, I can do nothing. So religious thinking wants to look at that and go, you know, I'm the least of the apostles. Isn't that sweet? Look how humble Paul is. He was just humble. But you don't really maybe sometimes believe it. You're just imagining that maybe he just, he knows how great he is. He just doesn't want to accept the credit. I mean, I, you know, no, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. I mean, really it is me, but it's not me. Okay. That's kind of what we're envisioning Paul's doing here, but that's not the case. That's a lie. By the grace of God, I am what I am for his grace is in me. It was of no effect. No, I worked harder than all of you, but the grace of God was in me. And so we're still benefiting today from the ministry of Paul because, and because of the humility of which he operated. And, and, and so that allowed God to use him even more. The guy ends up writing two-thirds of the New Testament that's right in front of you. That came through humility. So these are things that I think it's important for us to just really look at this and get this. Least than the least. Least than all the least. Paul knew that. Through Christ, if we're going to be used by God and have more grace, <clears throat> if we're going to have more revelation, if we're going to have more anointing, more of God's favor, more of his help, more of his strength, how does it come? Humble yourself. Are we there? Are we getting there? Do I, let me, I think maybe we need to go a little bit further. Are you, are you kind of picking that up a bit? Hopefully. We need to get this. We really need to get this. Paul operated in this. Jesus operated in this. Can I just say, that's for me on a personal note, now being in ministry, well, Robin and I just celebrated 38 years, so it's been 38 years of ministry, right? Not, <laughs> the, the longer that I'm in ministry, the more I am aware of how the Lord is helping me so much more than I realize. And I, I just, I want to pause here for a second. I just kind of sense the Holy Spirit needs us to get this for a second. Um, I know that there's things for all of us where God, his presence is more and more real to us or at times maybe not really real to us. But there's times I've, I've dared to pray a prayer that kind of goes something like this. Lord, can you show me what is me and what is you? I recommend you don't pray that prayer. That's like asking God to give you patience. You, because if the if the Lord's hand was off of your life for one minute, I I think what would I here's here's this is Jim Walsh theology. If you if His grace was removed off of your life right now simultaneously, I believe there would be a panic in this room. I really do. I don't think we have any idea how much he is sustaining us and helping us all the time. We're just clueless to it. But the Lord wants us not to be clueless, amen? So the Lord wants that. He wants us to give him full credit for everything in our life. I can't imagine. I just can't imagine. And I, and I get this because I know that some of you are born, all of us are born with certain, certain graces and certain abilities. Like, for instance, I mean, a lot of people, you know, uh, you know I, I, I play music, but I'm telling you what, you don't want me up here leading music 
without God's help and grace. I'm just going to tell you that right straight up. It's not going to happen. Even though it's so easy to get in the natural groove of a talent that's being given to me, and I can can easily think, well, this is just me. I just kind of have, I just kind of got music in my bones, I guess. If I don't take time and, and I humble myself and go, that's, whew, that's God. There's no way I would even dare pick this guitar up and sing in this microphone if it wasn't for his grace. I don't want that. And I know we don't, none of us want that. But at the same time, I know that all, there's people all around the world that are abusing graces that God has given them and they have no clue. And let that not be said of any of you today, that you would abuse any grace that you think is you. It's your natural talent, your natural ability. Understand, it all comes, it all comes from him. Amen. Are we there? So sometimes we just don't realize how much he's doing and how much he's helping us. But Lord, show us. Show us. And that, that would make an impression on you, wouldn't it? If all of a sudden you just, I mean, something that was really easy is hard. Something that you just do all the time, all of a sudden, I can't, I, can't, I, I, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. It'd be awful. Graces that you've operated in, and all of a sudden, they'd be problematic. <laughs> they would just, it, would be, it would be off. But here's the point. The more you and I are aware of and keep those things before us in our minds, it helps us to receive more grace. Because I know we start out, how, how many people need more grace? Well, yes, I do. You need to be aware of that. You need to take the time to humble yourself to be aware of every bit of grace that's going on in your life. And even to the point that you need to meditate and say, God, show me. My finite mind and my flesh doesn't always get it. So God, today I, I pause my heart and you show me what's you. Show me of the beauty of your presence in my life. Let me see it. Let me be aware of it. Because God, I won't take credit for it. I won't. And, you need, and we need to know that. But, you know, go back to that verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 9. It says, for I am the least of the apostles, and I don't even deserve to be called an apostle. Notice the word deserve. Okay, so are you ready? Again, this is the book of James. So you're going to either say amen or oh me right here. But can I just tell you, you don't deserve good things. Ugh. People think, well, I'm an American. (laughs) I deserve a good life. No, you don't. You deserve nothing. Zero. Zippo. God owes us absolutely nothing. I know, this is beating up your American way of thinking. But he owes us absolutely, he doesn't owe you gravity. He doesn't owe you oxygen. He doesn't owe you a heartbeat or synapses in your brain. He owes you nothing. We, we really, we have to know this. I hope you all know that, right? Everything, everything, everything that you have is a gift. It's just, it's beautiful grace. He didn't give it to you because it was owed to you. One of the worst things that you ever do in your life, and hear me from my heart, one of the worst things that you ever do in your life is to go through life thinking that anybody or somebody or some, somewhere owes you something. It's one of the worst things. It will eat you from the inside out. I mean, you talk about cutting you off from grace. Thinking you deserve something will cut you off from God's grace big time. And what happens is, if you think somebody owes you something, then you make it impossible for them to be gracious to you. Because you think it's owed to you. So they can't give you anything because you just think it's your, oh, that's my due time. I'm due that. I deserve that. It's my time. I've been putting in my time, now I'm cashing in. Yes. 
Don't laugh because that's the way most retired people think. Amen or oh me? The gloves are off, kids. What are we talking about? More grace. We want more grace. Amen. Is anybody still interested in more grace? I hope so. I want more anointing in my life. I want more of God's presence in my life. I want more of his revelation in my life. I need more of that. And I know I've lived through times where I've been dulled out to this, but I want more. And I know he wants more for you. It's about this thing called grace. And I don't ever want to disqualify myself from thinking that the Lord owes me something or I deserve it. I don't want you to be disqualified. I want you to always be a candidate for the grace of God. And the way to that is through humility. So let's just get rid of the word I deserve. Can we just do that? Can we just commit as a, a fellow believers to, that you won't hear those words coming out of my mouth that I, I deserve? Or things like, well, think, you know, that's just not fair. Don't you love it when your kids say that to you, mom and dad? It's not fair. It doesn't just, what does that bring up on the inside of you? It just brings up pleasant feelings, doesn't it? Can you imagine what God thinks when we say, well, that's not fair. He's like, no joke. Look where you're living. You're living on earth. It's soaked with sin and problems. I mean, that wasn't my doing, but I'm here. But, you know, I I want you to know I'm still here. The Lord doesn't owe us anything. As a matter of fact, go over to Romans chapter 1. This is really important to kind of tag in with that and and make sure that we get this as part of that. Romans 1.21 says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and the foolish hearts were darkened. Unthankfulness darkens you. Ungratefulness will darken you. I deserve darkens you. I deserve, you owe me, darkens you. Unthankfulness dumbs you down, but thankfulness, opposite effects, it opens you up and allows more light in, more of God's grace. He wants us to operate in this. So let me just encourage you, don't talk, don't think, don't focus on what you don't know and what you don't have and what you can't do. Don't talk about it. Don't look at it, don't focus on it, don't think about it. All it's going to do is produce unthankfulness in you. That's all it's going to do. You will see yourself as being mistreated and marginalized and woe is me. Nobody sees me, nobody knows me. I deserve to be treated better than this. I live in America. You know, whatever. One of the greatest things that you could ever do for yourself is just to get up in the morning and thank God and thank God and thank God, thank God, thank God. Thanks for oxygen. By the way, I thank you, Lord, that gravity's still working today, Jesus. It's kind of nice. You know, don't thank God for the works of the devil, but even in the midst of all of that, is he there? Is he helping you? Is he giving you strength? Do you have peace? Are you still breathing? Then you have something to thank God for. No matter how bad and how ugly it looks. That's where the light comes in. You could start, start with the most basic. Thank you that I am saved and my name is written in the Lamb's book. And you start to just start there. What will happen? Light will come in. More light, more grace, more help, more revelation, more anointing. But it starts. That's the way in. That's the way in. I'm saved. Thank you, Jesus. You keep doing that and you'll start to see some stuff. But it's in that vein of thankfulness is humility. It's right there in the middle of that. It's in that right there. It's in that, God, thank you. I I am nothing without you. And I'm not talking about putting yourself down and being self-abasing and saying, but but the truth is, 
We are nothing without him. We can't do, I, I, I was going to bring these scriptures. You can't, you can do nothing. You know nothing. You have nothing. You are nothing. The, the, the New Testament says without him. So let's just, that, that's just, that's not, again, trying to be humble. That's the reality of who we are. But pride is unthankful. We want more grace. Let me just say, is, is, is all that grace that, that he wants to bring into your life, that grace, that knowledge, that anointing, is that all up to God? And the answer is no. Humble you, humble yourself. That's, there's the Godward side that says, I will give you grace. I'll give it to you, and I'll give you more and more grace. I'd love to give it to you if you will humble yourself. So there's a manward side, and there's a Godward side. There's the if side, which is, are you going to humble yourself? And if so, then I got grace. I got lots of it. If you're not going to do that, then, then I resist you. That, and like I said, that's just a long, ugly day. So, you know, the Lord would say to you, are you loaded? Are you stressed? Is life hard? Come here. Come here. Come to me. Come here and hang out with me. You need to learn something about me. I'm lowly and I'm meek of heart. And the way that I found the heart of God was through humility. If you read my book, a lot of people, <laughs> that's the way they found it. I don't have time to go into it, but look at the Syrophoenician woman. There's two times when Jesus in the New Testament went, whoa, that's faith right there. Syrophoenician woman, and it was, uh, the comment was something like, well, even the dogs get the crumbs under the table. And the other was the Roman soldier, and, and he said, come to my house, and he said, I'm not even worthy for you to come to my house. And that was the woe faith, because it was through humility. That captured the heart of God. John the Baptist, look at him. I mean, Jesus, what, how did John the Baptist describe Jesus? And Jesus, what did John Baptist say? I'm not even worthy to touch his sandals. I have to become less and he has to become more. Does that sound like humility? So you see, it's a gateway into the heart of God. It's a gateway into the heart of God. Are you ready for just a little bit more? And we're going to pray together in just a moment here. Hebrews says this, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy without holiness. No one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up causing trouble to defile many. So you can fail to receive the grace of God, it says. How does that happen? When, when, when all of this grace is available, all of this anointing and knowledge and help from God is totally available. And the word of God says it can, you can fail to receive it because of a bitter root. Is a bitter person thankful? There you go. I'm just going to leave it right there. Well, they didn't include me. Why didn't they call me? No one's seen, you know, I've been doing this thing for 10 years. Where's everybody? You know, and don't let bitterness, just don't, please, don't let it, don't let it come up because it, behind all of it is this unthankful, I deserve attitude. Chop that bitter root off because it could be keeping you from receiving the grace of God. We could preach on all that, all that for a long time. I'll just kind of throw that out. You can study that later today <laughs> on your, yeah. In, in a, never mind, I'll leave that alone. But thank you, Jesus. Nobody owes us anybody, anything. So everything, everything we have. The Lord didn't owe me forgiveness, but he gave it to me. He didn't owe me any of this, but he gave it to me. And I'm just so thankful. And can I just say this? The Lord keeps really good books. <laughs> he does. He's keeping track of all this. So whether anybody else can see those giftings and those graces, if anybody else appreciates it, the Lord appreciates it. 
And every act of humility that you do captures his attention. So you just, we have to trust in that. We have to trust that on whether, and honestly, I'd rather have the benefits of that on, you know, I'd rather see, I'd rather see him say, I saw it. I was there. I saw every single time that you went low and you didn't let your flesh get in. I saw every one of those and it, it caught my attention and it made me go, wow. Yeah, because we know this. We know, and again, like Philippians says, esteem others better than ourselves. But the truth is we know we like to esteem ourselves better than everybody else. So it takes, you have to put your flesh under in order to, to walk in that kind of humility. Okay, I'm, I'm going sideways again. So let, let's just do this this morning. Let's come back to a verse that we've heard a lot in our lifetime. Second Chronicles 7.14 and worship team, if you guys want to make your way up here, that'd be awesome. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. There's nothing that demonstrates true humility than, like, than prayer. Prayer is just you saying, I don't have it. I have nothing. I have nothing to offer you. I have no strength. I have no amazing gifts. I have, I, without you, without your anointing, without your presence, without your goodness, without your beauty in my life, I am nothing. And, and I come in that place of prayer because and, and, it just recognizes weakness. I, am, I need you, Daddy, so therefore I come to you. If my people who are called by my name will humble. So here again, he tells us to humble ourselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So here's another huge if-then statement. If you'll do your part, then I'll do my part. And if we're honest, let's just talk about our own world and our own United States. If my people don't humble themselves and pray, that's where we're at today. And yet the whole time he's saying, I, I've given you everything to do. All you got to do is humble yourself and pray. If you'll do that, I will come in. I'm here. If you will humble yourself, I'll give you more and more grace. And you've heard me say this many times. It's just the right time to say it. Where grace, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. And I want you to know no matter how dark and how ugly and how awful things are right now in this time, you have to understand that the grace of God far outshines all the sin that we're surrounded with every day. It will never shadow. God's grace will never be shadowed by all the sin that's out there. It will always be more, always be more. But the way into it is through humility. So we're going to stand and practice this together. We're going to just look at the prayer model that Pastor Jeff's been doing over the last, if you guys haven't noticed that, it's on our church app, by the way. Another reason to go to the church app, and I think we usually hand out copies on the way out. But if you'll stand with me, I want us just to take a minute and humble ourselves. I wish I could tell you how to do that specifically, but you've been hearing all that and maybe there's just, maybe there's something in your vocabulary you've noticed as I've talked and you've just said, wow, I, I'm just not thankful. I'm wanting more. All I can see is what I don't have, what I do need and all this other stuff. And I haven't even taken time to thank God. And I've been saying I deserve way too much. I gotta get that out. So before we get to this prayer model here in a minute, I'm just gonna ask you through the help of the Holy Spirit, let me just say this, if there's condemnation and guilt that goes along with it, just throw that out. If the Father is saying, come to me, learn of me, learn of me, I'm humble. So just come in low and say, I need you, Daddy. I, I really do need you. I'm not just doing it because I, it's, it's a religious thing to do. I really need you. 
show me how to get rid of that unthankful heart and bring light in. So let's just take a minute before we go into this prayer model and you just present yourself humbly to the Lord. Maybe you wanna kneel, maybe you wanna sit. But I think we're gonna get into that in a little bit, but whatever your heart tells you to do right now, take a minute or two. Let's just humble ourselves before Jesus.